Dominus Fabiscum, Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum, Matteo. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently. For the child, when you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, they prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. Jesús nació en Belén de Judá en tiempos del rey Herodes. Unos magos de Oriente llegaron entonces a Jerusalén y preguntaron dónde está el rey de los judíos que acaba de nacer, porque vimos surgir su estrella y hemos venido a adorarlo. Al enterarse de esto, el rey Herodes se sobresaltó y toda Jerusalén con él convocó entonces a los sumos sacerdotes y a los escribas del pueblo y les preguntó dónde tenía que nacer el Mesías. Ellos le contestaron, en Belén de Judá, porque así lo ha escrito el profeta, y tú, Belén, tierra de Judá, no eres en manera alguna la menor entre las ciudades ilustres de Judá, pues de ti saldrá un jefe que será el pastor de mi pueblo, Israel. Entonces, Herodes llamó en secreto a los magos para que le precisaran el tiempo en que se les había aparecido la estrella y los mandó a Belén, diciéndoles, Vayan a averiguar cuidadosamente qué hay de ese niño, y cuando lo encuentren, avísenme para que yo también vaya a adorarlo. Después de oír el rey, los magos se pusieron en camino, y de pronto la estrella que habían visto surgir comenzó a guiarlos hasta que se detuvo encima de donde estaba el niño. Al ver de nuevo la estrella, se llenaron de inmensa alegría. 
Entraron en la casa y vieron al niño con María, su madre, y postrándose, lo adoraron. Después, abriendo sus cofres, le ofrecieron regalos, oro, incienso y mirra. Avertidos durante el sueño de que no volvieran a, a Herodes, regresaron a su tierra por otro camino. Verbum Domini Take just a moment, please make sure your cell phone is turned off. Apagan los teléfonos celulares, por favor. And open your bulletin to page 12. Página 12 en el bulletin. No. No. El um, anuncio de la Pascua, disculpa. You've heard me mention it before. If somebody arrived right now or later in the Holy Mass, they'd even to the final blessing, they would not fulfill their obligation to attend Holy Mass on Sunday. Why? What's that about? Well, the gospel. We just heard the gospel. The gospel is an essential part of the Holy Mass. It cannot be skipped. But after this Mass, we still have three other Masses. They could attend one of those. Page 12. Announcement of Easter, a movable feast in the year of our Lord, 2016. No, dearly beloved brethren, that acknowledging that by the mercy of God, just as we have been rejoicing in the nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ, so also do we announce to you that the joy of the resurrection of our same Savior. On the 10th day of February, Ash Wednesday begins the fast of the most holy 40 days of Lent. On the 27th day of March, you will celebrate with joy the Easter of our Lord Jesus Christ. The 5th day of May will be the Ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. The 15th day of the same month will be the Feast of Pentecost. The 29th day of May will be the Feast of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ. The 27th day of November will be the first Sunday in the Advent of our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. You know, you snap your fingers twice, it'll be November 27th again. The first Sunday. Oh, no. Right? Exactly. The... Um, Take a look on page four of the bulletin, please. And you see there at the very top of the page, it says, the month of January is dedicated to the most holy name of Jesus. Now look down on Sunday. It says, Sunday, January 3rd. Today is the Feast of the Epiphany of the Lord. Well, no, not really. If you look on page five, Wednesday is the traditional date of the epiphany of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's moved to this day um, to accommodate you and me, right? Were today not a Sunday, we would celebrate the feast of the most holy name of Jesus. So the whole month is dedicated to the most holy name of Jesus. On January 1st, we had the uh, Feast of the Solemnity of Our Lady, Mary, Mother of God, and it was the day that um, Jesus was... Uh, circumcised and given his name. So that's why the whole month is dedicated to the most holy name of Jesus. We need to explain this to our children, grandchildren, nieces and nephews, friends. Yeah, we start, we start at the beginning. Monday, tomorrow is the feast of the first American-born saint, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. And Tuesday, 
um, St. John Neumann, the first American bishop. The clock is ticking on that one. Um, the first American bishop to be declared a saint. His uh, body, I've seen his body. He died in the 1800s. His body is behind glass under the altar um, in a church in Philadelphia, in the basement, the crypt church of the German church in um, uh, Philadelphia, St. John Neumann. What a tremendous saint. Uh, also another tremendous saint, St. Andre Basset, the Oratory of St. Joseph in Montreal, Canada. Wednesday, January 6th is his feast day. It also says on Wednesday, on this day, 15 years ago, Pope St. John Paul II published Novo Millennio in Unte. You could read page two of the bulletin uh, about that, um, um, the... Uh, <coughs> about the, um, the, um, the encyclical. What the Pope did was he looked over his shoulder at the Holy Year, the Jubilee Year 2000, and then he gave us homework for the next thousand years. We're never going to be able to go outside and play. The, um, we have so much homework. We have a thousand years of homework. Friends, let's be honest. Nobody has read Nova Millennium Unite. That's sad. I, I, I love paragraph 27. I know what you're thinking. Well, Father, I prefer paragraph 24. I know. I know. P people are always saying that, right? The, uh, <laughs> you know, if we took a line a week beginning in 2001, we could have already been through it, right? Anyway, this is the kind of thing that you ought to read. You ought to read the whole thing all at one time. Um, what are you, an anaconda? You're going to just eat the whole thing? No. Just read bits and pieces of it and discuss it with your friends. Um, anyway, uh, Thursday, January 7th, is the Feast of St. Raymond of Peñafort, San Ramon. Uh, look at these two saints. Very different saints. Very different countries. They were born on the same day, 50 years apart. Um, and I'll, you'll see more of a description on page 11. Forgot to mention um, that um, we got the got the news yesterday. Sometime between January 1st and January 2nd, Monsignor Weinsapel um, passed away. Monsignor Weinsapel was pastor uh, at St. Pius in Dallas for over 200 years. The um, uh, on December 23rd, Monsignor had his 70th. Seven. Zero. 70th anniversary as a priest. Um, the, um, he said the Mass. And what happened? What happened to him? Well, the next day he broke his hip. Um, they had to repair the hip. He had a heart attack during the operation and he died. Um, uh, he was 94. He was 94 years old. So his funeral will be on Wednesday at 10 a.m. at St. Pius. What a great priest. My dad, when he was a kid served mass for him as a new priest. So, um, the uh, page 8, there's that Christmas novena if you want to be part of it. Take a look at page 9. There's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 at the top of page 9. The Sunday before Christmas, then Christmas, the Sunday after Christmas, then January 1st, and now today, the Sunday after January 1st. Um, if January 6th was still a holy day of obligation as it used to be, you would have six Sundays um, 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 or seven in the period of 21 days. 
the um, amazing. I think I can see why they moved January 6th. They just said, people are tired. <laughs> people are tired. The, um, I'm, um, I'm tired, too. Why? Because I've done it all by myself. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's not what it says here. I have lots of help. Um, the deacons, the ushers, the young men serving, the, the ladies who uh, keep these candles um, going here, the, uh, and on and on, the, the folks in the office, uh, and we've had really good attendance. So um, the, uh, uh, it's, great, uh, it's great to see this in the rearview mirror, but I'm tired. As it says at the bottom, um, you know, next Sunday is January the 10th, February 10th, we start Lent. If I don't get some rest right now, um, there won't be any time. Uh, speaking of rest, look at page 10. The rest on the flight into Egypt. The, um, that's when the captain turns off the seatbelt sign. Oh, wait a minute. Anyway, this is the uh, flight into Egypt here in front of the altar. Uh, you might want to consider sending that or putting it on as a screensaver at the office or sending that to your friends and discussing it. Look about halfway down. Um, look at the, about halfway down. The light of Christ extends to all of us, even those in Egypt, to all of us, the non-Jews. I'm not Jewish. If you're not Jewish, um, you're referred to, the Jews refer to us as the nations. They call us the pagans. Or they call us the Gentiles. No, it's, it's not a slur or a slam. Uh, they refer to us in using those terms. Um, so, um, um, the, uh, today we celebrate how the light of Christ um, um, was uh, made visible to the first non-Jews, the nations, the pagans, the Gentiles. Now look at the bottom of page 10, okay? Two questions that we really ought to talk over with young men and young women. Ask, um, ask the young man this question. Um, um, do you ever want your daughter alone behind a closed door with a man to whom she's not married? And says there, the obvious answer is no. Well, the real answer is this. No, I'd kill him. Right? right? No, I'd kill him. Right, exactly. That's what... Uh, you ever want your daughter alone behind a closed door with a man to whom she's not married? No, not at all. I'm not, I'm not encouraging anybody to kill anybody. Um, but look at the next question. Um, as a man today, when I am in the presence of a young lady, a woman to whom I'm not yet married, shouldn't I extend to her father, to her dad, the same courtesy I will expect one day from the man who is in my own daughter's presence? Now, friends, think of it. Um, um, we have to think of ways where young men and women can meet and um, uh, talk, uh, interact, um, but without it being um, an occasion of sin. Well, you just, uh, that's just how you're going to do that. I don't know. You've got to be creative. Um, when, you think of, when you think of what's happened in the last 10 years, just in the last 10 years, um, and we're going to throw young people into the cesspool of dating, the regular way, whatever that was, it ain't anymore. Well, how are you going to do this? I don't know. Be creative. We can we find time to be creative about everything else. Um, well, I mean, it's like 
you could say, okay, well, the, they can go out in the backyard and talk. Yeah, it's 25 degrees. Um, go in the backyard and talk. No, you don't do that. But you're going to have to you're going to have to start working it out. I know. Will it? Father Paul do it. Eh, not going to happen. No, this is your work. Uh, this is your work. Um, if, um, if we have children, we have to show them um, how to navigate uh, these waters. Um, okay, I'll tell you what. Two of you go into this dark theater for a couple of hours and then come out by yourselves. There you go. That'll work. The... Um, you just have, you have no idea what you're dealing with today. Not after what's happened in the last five years. Yeah. But anyway, that's, I'm going to put that in the bulletin. I, I haven't put it in often enough. But we need to get a conversation started. I don't have the answers. But I do have the questions. Uh, story number one. Story number two from uh, page five. St. Bernadette Subiru, St. Maximilian Colby. What did they have in common? The Immaculate Conception. Um, and on the back is, as you can see there at the top, see that top line, it says a 2016 annual information sheet. Oh, wait a minute, it doesn't say that. <laughs> what happened? This is obviously a counterfeit annual information sheet. And I discovered it. Yeah, uh, no, they just left it off. You can fill it out. We'll still honor it. Just put the date down at the bottom. But if you haven't gotten yours in, um, it, would, uh, it would be a big help. Look on the cover of the bulletin um, and think of going to the dollar store and getting a frame for this for a dollar. That's why they call it the dollar store, right? And putting this in a frame, putting it somewhere in the hallway or in the kitchen, and as you go by, it would remind you to say this very short, very incredibly powerful prayer. Um, it, well, you could skip the frame and just use a piece of tape, okay, or thumbtacks. Um, but friends, think of it. There's no reason not to do something like this. You know, you could show this to non-Catholic Christians and they'd be on the same page. You'd say, wait a minute, that's my page. You get your own page. There nothing like Catholics to share. <laughs> so, uh, but friends, seriously, throughout the day, how many times you could offer this prayer if you just had it visible? A visible reminder, right? So there, you, now you have it. And then, uh, last thing, over there at the very top, you see the baby Jesus. Um, he's um, he's got a crown. Why does he? Why is he dressed as a king when he's such a little baby? Can't even hold his head up because he's a king from the beginning. He didn't have to wait to turn eighteen uh, to become a king. He's a king from all eternity, as Handel's Messiah says so beautifully. Now over on this side, at the back, at the top, that's the holy face of Monopello. That's one of the burial cloths that was placed on the body of Jesus, along with the Shroud of Turin. Um, that, you see that face, there's a candle behind it. That's the, the face of Christ, the light of the nations. The light to the nations. Now below it, you see this blue and white statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Do you see what's in front of that? Somebody asked me on January 1st, what are those three things? Well, you see, there are three little boxes. One has gold, one has frankincense, and I can't remember what's the other one. I'm kidding, kidding, kidding. Okay, anyway, the uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. All right? So there's a connection between the holy face of Monopello and 
the three kings today. The, the second Sunday after Epiphany, so it's not today, the second Sunday after Epiphany, we take that uh, holy face down and take it out in uh, procession. Um, and that's to follow what's happened since the 1200s in Rome. They have a procession with the holy face uh, of Jesus. So what we do that in January, second Sunday after Epiphany, and because Jesus' face was revealed to our ancestors, the three kings, the, the Gentiles, the pagans, the, um, the, um, the Gentiles, the nations. So, um, and it's also done again in, um, in May, the third Sunday in May, the same procession, but it's only two days out of the year. The rest of the time, it stays up there. So it's an interesting, interesting um, connection. Okay, from the uh, gospel today, that's a lot of announcements. Um, when King Herod heard the news, he was greatly troubled and all Jerusalem with him. In the name of the Father, and Son of the Holy Spirit. You, you, drop, uh, you, drop, you throw a rock into the middle of a pool and ripples go out in all directions. Um, that can be good and that can be bad. In this case, we see King Herod and it's bad news. He's disturbed and all of Jerusalem is disturbed with him. Now this is from 2,000 years ago. Um, it's 2,000 years ago. I mean like Nova Millennium Yunte, that's 15 years ago. This is really ancient history. Let's go back in history to um, those tornadoes. Doesn't it seem long ago? Seven days. One week ago that that happened. We were about to start the 4 p.m. Mass on Saturday, last Saturday, when we, we heard about the, the bad weather over by Emory. Before we started the 4 o'clock Mass, we said an Our Father, a Hail Mary, and a Glory Be. That if we got bad weather, it wouldn't be the tornadoes or damaging weather. Friends, I think 11 or 12 tornadoes, zero tornadoes in Hunt County. The uh, zero tornadoes in Hunt County. Um, but now as we were, we were blessed, or as Catholics would say, we were lucky. No, we weren't lucky. God blessed us. Now, Emory is south of here. Um, between Emory and here, there's a place, Quinlan. Most of you know where Quinlan is. My, my dad's only sister moved there just before I got here. Next Sunday, I'll be here 12 years. I know what some of you are thinking. Gee, it, it seems longer. The, uh, <laughs> seems like yesterday to me. But anyway, the uh, Aunt Jo, that's her name, Aunt Jo moved down here. And then very soon after that, I got transferred down here. Um, well, uh, about a year ago, Aunt Jo moved away from Quinlan um, and they moved closer to Dallas. They moved to Garland. If you're on I-30 and you're driving across Lake Ray Hubbard, just after you get across the lake, they moved into a house. She and her son moved into a house on that side of I-30. I called her up uh, after the tornadoes on Saturday. Uh, if you start at her house, you count one, two, three, four, five, six houses. Everything's fine. And then you see foundation after foundation after foundation, just as bare as this. So it, those tor a tornado uh, um, 
destroyed home after home in that neighborhood and came so close to my Aunt Jo, my cousin. The, um, what a blessing. Oh, it was great destruction. But we can also see the blessing there. Um, I guess you heard about the uh, school. Uh, the school that um, was destroyed. At least one of the schools that was destroyed. What a blessing. Um, you see the picture? The wall is flat on the ground. The roof caved in. It was a blessing because that happened. That happened exposing the rotten contractor who built it. Um, our money built that school. Taxpayer money built that school. And some contractor took a piece of scotch tape and connected the roof to the wall. And what do you know? It fell over in a wind. That could have happened when those classrooms were full of sleeping kids. I'm sorry. Isn't that what kids do in school today? <laughs> anyway, it could, have been, it could have fallen in when the kids were there, the teachers were there. It didn't happen. It happened during Christmas break. Um, and it exposed a rotten contractor, and they need to find out whatever else that guy built and see to it. Um, check them out. What a blessing it was in the midst of such destruction. On Wednesday, I read about a family who came back from vacation to their home in Rowlett, I think it was. Our house is destroyed. Oh, it's terrible. And it was terrible. You know what's worse than coming back from vacation and finding your home destroyed? Not going on vacation and being in your home when it's destroyed. Kind of, right? Right, exactly. So it's terrible that their home is destroyed. They're all alive. They were in another, another state on vacation. Friends, when you and I... Um, in 2016, when we have problems, and we will have problems in 2016, oh, I think 2016 is going to be better than 2015. Well, who told you? What, do you have a crystal ball? What, are you Gandalf? No, you don't know. I don't either. So, we are going to be met with problems and suffering and death and difficulty and destruction I don't care what the, the happy faces say. We're going to have the same kind of stuff that we had last year. It could even be worse. And we have to think about um, who the center of all of this is. And you can see the cover of the bulletin and find out that it's the Messiah. Um, the blessed be the most holy name of Jesus. Uh, Jesus is the Messiah. Um, and... Uh, you know, I, I mentioned, I, I'm looking back over the last 12 years, and I say this every year when I come to this reading. Um, King Herod. King Herod was um, uh, upset, and he got so many other people upset. I've done that over the last 12 years so many times. Well, I guess he got up on the wrong side of the bed. Yeah. yeah. Remember a couple of weeks ago when I didn't get up? Yeah, my alarm didn't go. <laughs> oh, gee. Anyway, the... Um, no, I look back on that. Um, I bet you can too. You could go back over your life and say, you know, if I could go back and do that over again, exactly. But King Herod, uh, let's focus on King Herod. King Herod had three sons and he killed them. He was worried that they were going to 
grab his power. They were going to take over as king, so he had him killed. He didn't kill all of his sons. One of them succeeded him, was the most wretched of all of his sons, Antipater. Um, the um, King Herod, you know that people thought that King Herod was a Jew, and he wasn't? He was king of Israel. Well, who put him there? Rome. You've got to read Jesus of Nazareth. This is uh, Pope Benedict's third book. It's the Infancy Narratives. It's only 125 pages. You can get it on Kindle, too. Um, the, uh, um, there's a, an epilogue. Just before you get to the epilogue, Pope Benedict has a chapter on the three kings. Oh, by the way, we call them the three kings. There could have been more. There could have been fewer. There were at least two. Um, well, that's, I've always heard there were three. Yeah, me too. But we just don't know. There were at least two, probably three. We'll just call them three. Um, but they were three kings, three wise men, and they came um, to, to worship Jesus. So they stop in to um, the man who, is, who has been put in charge of all of Israel, King Herod. Uh, as, um, as we're told by Pope Benedict, um, King Herod is not of the line of David. Remember, right, right at Christmas time, we heard so-and-so was the father of so-and-so was the father of so-and-so. Yeah, they, some of them started, one of them started at, at Adam. Another one started at Abraham. Why is it important? Because it shows that Jesus is a Jew. He is born into the history of Israel. King Herod is not of the line of David. He is not a Jew. That's how they would say it. He's part of the nations. He's a pagan. He's a Gentile. He's like we are. And King Herod did tremendous things in Israel. He did such an expansion on the temple in Jerusalem. Do you know that there were people who thought King Herod was the Messiah? Oh boy. The... Um, we talk about getting it wrong, right? The, uh, the uh, well, you know, look, he's done a lot of good. He's done a lot of good things. I mean, yeah, he did kill his three of his sons and so many other people. And, and, and the trains run on time now. But uh, I, I, I think he's the Messiah. How do we know he's not the Messiah? Pope Benedict points out, King Herod tells us. He, he reveals it himself. How do, how do we know? Look at the, look at the gospel. He called in his experts, the chief priests and scribes, and he asked them, where was the Christ to be born? Where was the Messiah to be born? Ah, ah, King Herod has just exposed his hand. He's not the Messiah. The um, King Herod, when King Herod was disturbed, he wasn't going to be, be disturbed all alone. He was going to get other people to be disturbed and upset. You think about, um, think about uh, something I mentioned last Sunday. St. Peter, um, St. Peter the Apostle. In the New Testament, he has two very short letters. Uh, first letter of St. Peter, the second letter of St. Peter. They're in the New Testament. Just before you start the second letter of St. Peter, you come to these words, chapter 5 of the first letter. St. Peter says to us, stay sober and alert. 
Your opponent, the devil, is prowling like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Now, when St. Peter says stay sober and alert, um, he doesn't mean just stay sober uh, in reference to alcohol. Um, he does mean that, though, but he means uh, drinking too much or taking drugs um, or um, getting angry or anxious, fearful. You can get drunk on all of these. Oh, no, I know this guy is a bowling Right? You can, you can get drunk on any of these. Lust. Um, there, there are greed, power. There are so many things on which we can get drunk. We think of stay sober and alert. Well, I've never been drunk. Well, I, hopefully that's true. But I hope, hopefully... You've never been drunk on gossip or curiosity or fill in the blank. We can get drunk on anything. And when we do, we're not, we're not any good to ourselves or to anybody else. You know, the, think of the blessing that happened a week ago. A week ago. Not 15 years ago. Not 2000. A week ago. What if those tornadoes, 12 of them, they said, what if those tornadoes had come at 2 in the morning? I think there's I think there's something wrong. Just go back to sleep. It's going to be okay. It's just the dogs. Uh, right. How many people would have died because they were not alert? Right? At 2 o'clock in the morning, you're asleep. Kind of like some of you right now. Um, at 2 o'clock in the morning, you're asleep. You're not alert. Um, stay sober and alert. So, this year in 2016, we have to attempt, with the grace of God... To, to recognize that he is the Messiah, and I'm not. I'm not the Messiah. Oh, well, I'm not sure about this, or I'm not sure. I'm sure that I am not the Messiah. And if I can maintain him at the center, if I can keep Jesus at the center um, in my thoughts, in my words, in my actions, um, in every way, then I will, not, um, I will not get drunk on any of the things that the world offers me and offers you. Think about it. Well, I wasn't drunk. I, I just had a few. Okay, and now you have a tornado in your neighborhood. Well, um, uh, just, uh, uh, notice how reaction time is really keen, really sharp, right? Uh, um, um, get the six pack, whatever, right? The, uh, notice how you're not exactly helpful in the crisis, right? The, um, but that, that goes the same. That goes, it's the same for all the other kinds of drunkenness. We must be alert. You cannot be drunk and alert. You cannot be on the way and be alert. What? Uh, what? Huh? What? Uh, uh, where did that happen? Oh, you, you have children. A spouse, children, neighbors, um, strangers to, to, to care for. And when we, when we look at what happened just a week ago, um, if we're not alert, look at the death and destruction that can happen because we're not alert, because we're not on, on the job, so to speak. Um, the, uh, the wise men, uh, the three kings, uh, when they left King Herod, um, they went to Jesus. 
they saw this baby. They saw this baby and their eyes told them, this is a baby. Um, they believed that he is the Messiah. And it says they prostrated themselves. No, that's not what that means. It means they threw themselves on the ground in the presence of the living God. What are, you, what are they doing? It's a baby. Um, I mean, if they, if they offered him a crown, he'd probably just put it in his mouth, right? Isn't that what babies do? Everything you give them, they put it right in their mouth or they drop it. The, uh, these, these men are our predecessors, the first of the nations. When we put him at the center of the day, we're wise. And we teach those around us that wisdom. The world today is dying for lack of wisdom. Um, let us put uh, Jesus into our day. Um, let, us, let us turn our thoughts and minds to Jesus throughout the day. Let's make 2016 different. Oh yeah, your, your heart's going to break. Um, you're going to see terrible things happen either here or around the world. And it will either make you into um, a better Christian, a stronger Christian, or you'll, you'll cave in. Um, and you'll, you'll encourage others around you to cave in like King Herod in the Gospel today. When King Herod heard the news, he was greatly troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.